The Buffalo Bills add offensive line depth and bring back Shaq Lawson, plus some more draft talk this week on TWB. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Gottlieb. Bills Mafia, welcome in, and thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show brought to you by the Buffalo Fanbase Podcast Network. My name is Justin. I will be your host tonight. Um, Andrew has the week off tonight, had some uh, scheduling conflicts with work, um, so I'm going to be riding solo tonight, and just a few things that I want to cover this week as we get closer and closer to the draft, uh, but before we get started... Uh, this episode is brought to you by 26 Shirts. Um, go ahead and check out 26 Shirts if you haven't done so already. Um, great gear for great causes. Um, doing tons of work in the community. Um, so you get some awesome some awesome Bill shirts and stuff and uh, feel great about doing it at the same time. A um, few things I want to talk about this week. And I'm going to start off at the top just with some you know Bill's, Bill's news and notes here. Um, obviously as, as we've moved through free agency, um, things have sort of slowed down. It's not this maelstrom of moves every day and waiting to see the next move and what's going to happen. And the bills have made a pair of moves this past week that, you know, I, I, I've heard some criticism on it of, you know, it's not exciting. One of the bills going to make the moves and yada, yada, yada. I'm sure you've, you've heard some of this and, for me, this time of year is kind of just continuing to round up depth. Um, I do think there's going to be some additional moves made after the draft. And th- that, to me, could be some of these positions um, where we see kind of the, the holes in the roster or the depth or the minor upgrades that you can make. Um, for me, a big area of that is some of these defensive ends sitting on the free agent market. Um, and I'm okay with this strategy of like, you know, a Frank Clark, uh, Melvin Ingram still out there of kind of waiting to see how the draft plays out. And, you know, before you commit, you know, six million a year to an aging defensive end, maybe, you know, somebody falls into your lap in the, in the draft that you think is going to be an upgrade. Um, so, so I'm okay with where, where we're at with the depth of kind of kicking that just, just past the draft and then making some, you know, final, final moves. Also, as you get into that, you're not messing with the comp pick formula anymore. Um, so all good news there. Um, but a couple of moves the bills did make this week. Um, the first one being offensive line depth. And this was a player named Kevin Jarvis, um, who honestly, I did not know a ton about. Um, he came into the league last year as an undrafted free agent for Detroit. Um, what I do know about this guy right here um, measures in at six foot six, three hundred and twenty-five pounds, and he has some positional versatility on the offensive line, which obviously this organization loves. And you know, is this? the sexiest news to you know get coming across your newsfeed no um but it's rounding out some some offensive line depth and getting 
getting some different bodies in there and another very large human, um, which, you know, for everybody out there that's, you know, top priority is protecting Josh Allen. Um, this is one of those moves that, that they make this time of year to kind of shore up that depth. Um, off season, uh, competition, trying to get the best guys out there, whether it's in the starting five or, you know, it's the backups. And as it stands right now, I believe there's 22 roster spots open. Um, as it stands, we have six draft picks. So just as we're rounding out that roster, we're gonna we're gonna see a ton of moves like this. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of moves on both sides of the trenches, um, especially on the uh, defensive line, being that we have literally no players <laughs> under contract beyond this year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see you know some guys get brought in, um, especially after the draft of just kind of competition and hoping that you know this one year contract that will will give a guy that was on somebody else's practice squad um maybe he can make some noise um but an, another move that happened this week and this one I actually am very excited for uh I've been calling for this move to happen pretty much since the season ended um really ratcheted that up when the Bills did bring back Jordan Phillips and that was the signing of Shaq Lawson coming back on another one-year deal. And look, again, for me, is this the sexiest move? No. Uh, am I expecting Shaq Lawson to you know, take another step from last year? No. I, we know who Shaq Lawson is in the league. Uh, I'm not expecting him to come in this year with something to prove and get 15 sacks. Um, what makes me so excited about this move is continuing to establish the floor of, of what we expect out of the defensive line. And going back to last season, Von Miller goes down with an injury. Um, you just have this myriad of, of investments that you've made at the position. You have a second rounder in AJ Epinesa, second rounder in Basham, first rounder in Greg Rousseau. And then, granted, Shaq Lawson himself is a first-round pick. Um, obviously a little bit longer in the tooth, but when Von Miller goes down, it was Shaq Lawson that came in and and was the starter opposite of Greg Russo. Um, so that tells me a ton about not only where our draft picks are and were at the time, uh, but what Shaq Lawson brings to the defense, what the coaching staff feels about him establishing on defense um he's great in in run defense he's great at setting the edge uh you rarely see situations where you know he's blown his assignment he gets sucked too far inside um he, he's really good in those outside runs of keeping the run inside him forcing the running back to cut back upfield and let our linebackers make the tackles um so for me all last year, I think we got this this consistently um, level, good play from Shaq Lawson, and I've been waiting for this move to happen um, because it just makes sense for so many reasons. Uh, he's played his best football with Buffalo. He had a good year last year. 
He's comfortable with the team, his teammates, the coaching staff, the organization. And yeah, could you have brought in another similar player to do similar things and have it be a different name? Sure. Uh, but bringing him back on just a dirt cheap one-year contract um, to reestablish that floor, uh, especially while while Von Miller's out for you know who knows how long of the season, um, just makes a ton of sense to me. And the other reason I really like this move is it it doesn't have to change uh, what your lineup looks like if you do get a leap in play from AJ Epinesa, if you get a leap of play from Boogie Basham. Am I over here overly optimistic that these two are going to set the world on fire this year? Not necessarily, but there's still young players that we're developing, and we've, especially with Epinesa, toyed with his body weight and where they want him playing and you know, slim down, bulk up, um, just kind of having that consistency and a regular offseason, I think that it's not out of the realm of the possibility for either of these players to make a jump, possibly both. Um, but if that happens, like, okay, then let's say they both develop and become who you thought you were getting in the draft. Cool. Shaq Lawson can kick down to defensive end four and that's a hell of a good defensive end four and you'll be psyched that the other two took steps and he doesn't cost you much to be there um i think he's a great locker room guy he's been a great team guy um and just personally a player that i love and again i'm not a world burner not somebody that's gonna take the league by storm right now but really helps set up a baseline for what this defense can look like next year. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, just want to talk a little bit about some of my ideas on what I would like the draft to look like coming up. Stick around. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. Welcome back in and thank you again for joining me on this week's episode of the wandering Buffalo podcast. Uh, if you have made it this far, I do ask that you do all the click buttons, like, share, subscribe, make sure you tell a friend uh, about the show if you're enjoying it, um, leave us a rating. It's greatly appreciated and it does help us um, be able to keep putting out these episodes every week. Um, leave a comment if there's anything you want to talk about, anything you know you agree with, disagree with, something you'd like to hear us talk about, um, all that greatly appreciated and and. Thank you in advance. Um, Want to get back into this episode and just talk a little bit about, I guess, kind of my big picture philosophy of what I'd like to see from this draft. Um, there's so much out there right now of, you know, players, players, people want to see the team sign and mock drafts and all of these things. And I thought about doing a mock draft this week might go ahead and drop one right before the draft next week um but there's so much uncertainty in those and i've done a ton of them myself and depending on what networks you use and um whose big boards you're working out of working off of you can 
really kind of make anything you want happen. Um, you know, and it is within the realm of possibility, I guess. But, you know, I I can give up the next couple of years of first and second round picks to get us into the top 10 and take whoever I want. And to me, that gets a little bit tricky on um, trying to be predictive. And there's a certain level of fun to it of like, if I was a GM, this is what I would do. Um but it's overall not super beneficial to kind of try to project out into um, what we're what we're anticipating seeing on draft day, right? Um, I have learned, for better or for worse, uh, mostly for better, um, through through this tenure of Brandon Bean, that uh, he and I don't think the same on a lot of things. And thank your lucky stars that he doesn't think the same as me because I was a huge Josh Rosen fan. <laughs> I remember on draft night, the year we took Josh Allen, just being super pissed off that we selected the wrong Josh. So I don't try to get too far inside of Bean's head because if he starts thinking the same way I'm thinking, it, it might be a dangerous game. Um, so just kind of my overall philosophies of of what i would like to see from this draft and there's a ton of traction uh out there in mock draft communities um just kind of in football discussion in general uh about the bills taking linebacker round one and this is something that i've done in a lot of my drafts uh mock drafts i'm pretty sure the one i posted um through our social medias, I'm pretty sure I took Jack Campbell in the first round. And I don't know, the more the more I think about this, the more discussions I've had. Um, it just seems to be the spot that I go to um, just, just because of how glaring of a need it is um, in my mind. And I'm not overly convinced that the answer to that spot is on the roster between Dodson, Bernard, um, and Bale Inspector. I'm, I'm not convinced that the answer is there. I do think there's possible, you know, stopgap guys in free agency. If you want to attack that after the draft, uh, the big one for me would be uh, Zach Cunningham. But the more I look at this and the more I see kind of pretty consistent you know valuation of jack campbell kind of being mid second round uh my initial thought here was you know don't play games don't who cares if you call it a reach if you know you get a c grade in the draft if if that's the player you want go get him and you know don't roll the dice of him being there in round two and kind of since i started looking at the draft i've kind of switched my philosophy here a bit and this kind of came with, you know, McDermott's taking over the defense. Um, we were able to bring back Poyer, which I didn't think was going to happen. Um, you got Kyrie Elam going into year two. You have Trey White hopefully coming back fully healthy. You have Micah Hyde coming back fully healthy. It looks like DeMar Hamlin's going to return uh, at some point possibly. And for me, Based on the defense that we had last year, the the defensive success that we've had over the past few seasons, um, 
to me, there's just there's been so much investment made into the defense. Um, when you look at, you know, Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa, um, Terrell Bernard, just all these players, Kyrie Elam. And for me, this is like a, a season to push all the chips in for Sean McDermott. You're taking full control of the defense. You're doing the defensive play calling. Um, to me, he his bread and butter in the NFL was defense, and that's how he got this job. So, yes, you lost Tremaine Edmonds, uh, first-round pick that was, you know, a leader of your defense, all that. You also got back from a top-five defense last year. Jordan Poyer was able to come back. Micah Hyde missed all of last season. You're going to get Von Miller back at a certain point this season. All that high draft capital that you've used on the defense, to me, if this is, you know, the biggest deficiency on that side of the ball is a middle linebacker. This should kind of be on Sean McDermott to be able to, you know, cover up that, that weak link that may exist there and use those pieces that he has at his disposal. And that electric secondary haven't even talked about Taron Johnson, um, the safeties you use that and be able to scheme over you know, one weaker link. Maybe you pers- maybe it's Bernard in there. Uh, maybe you pursue uh, Drew Sanders or somebody else in this draft in the second, third round. Um, but for me, I I don't want this first round pick to be spent on defense. And I know there was a lot of moves made in free agency um, to kind of add to the offense. Um, we see Deontay Hardy, um, Trent Shearfield. Um, just some uh, retooling on the offensive line with McGovern coming in, some some depth being added. To me, this is if Sean McDermott is this defensive genius that he is. Okay, we shouldn't really have to worry too much about that. Let's load up on the offense. Let's get Josh more protection. Um, let's start looking at some weapons. And in particular, with the, with that first round pick. I don't think there's a ton of receivers that um, merit a first-round selection. Um, Jackson Smith, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba is obviously one of the biggest names out there. I don't think he falls into your lap at 27. Um, there were some rumors this week about you know maybe the Bills would trade up. I'm not sure how much credence I give to that, but either way, if if you're going out to you know, really make a move to bring in a weapon for Josh. That's awesome. If you're trying to get him more protection, I'm here for it. Um, I just think that this draft is a great opportunity to, to kind of make some investments there that we haven't seen huge investments made on the offensive side of the ball since we got Josh Allen. Um, If you look at some of the, the talent that you surrounded him with at wide receiver. Like, yes, you brought in Stefan Diggs. Um, but before that, we're talking about, you know, he was throwing to Deontay Thompson, um, Zay Jones, Calvin Benjamin was in the mix. Um, yeah, Smoke Brown came in and Cole Beasley, and they had some great years with Josh Allen. But how much of that was because of the talent that they gave Josh Allen at receiver 
and how much of that was you know Josh Allen elevating their play. Um, these dudes coming in and having career years. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both, uh, but we've we haven't really outside of Diggs seen you know significant investment in the wide receiver position, and just looking at it from a pure numbers standpoint, like yeah, you hope Deontay Hardy comes in and can have a bigger role than he had in New Orleans, can stay healthy, um, can be this electric player um, on a consistent basis, but we kind of saw that betting on traits kind of idea last year with Isaiah McKenzie. And I think Deontay Hardy's uh, kind of like a better version of a similar type of player, but betting on that translating into, you know, directly into this offense didn't work out last year. Hopefully it does this year. Um, Expecting Khalil Shakir to take a step. I absolutely love Khalil Shakir. Um, I think, He's still largely unproven, and it's hard to put a lot of, you know, eggs in that basket with no, no real backup plan. And then we get into uh, Gabe Davis. You know, he's in a contract year. Are you going to extend him to a big contract um, with some of his up and down play? Are, are you going to let him walk? What's the answer there after that? So, I don't think it necessarily has to be wide receiver in the first round. Um, it seems like, you know, between the second, third, fourth round, there's a lot of guys that have uh, a good amount of potential and there's there's not, you know, kind of the same receivers that we've seen in previous drafts of like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Um, there's not a ton of those types of dudes in this draft. Um, so just looking at what we have on the roster right now in the wide receiver position and kind of looking towards the future, uh, didn't even mention in there, you know, Diggs is, Diggs is getting older. I think he's still playing at an elite level, like top three, five receivers in the league. Uh, but he's not getting any younger. So for just looking at, you know, what we could use on the roster for next year and what we could be looking at needing in the next year or two. I think an investment at wide receiver would be a smart move this year. Um, They're also very expensive on the free agent market and having that cost control, if you can get one of these top level guys is absolutely huge. Um, Also looking at the offensive line and protecting Josh Allen, um, you know, we've made some moves. I mentioned bringing in Connor McGovern. Um, I think he's an upgrade over Saffold. I sure hope so. Uh, I think Saffold was, you know, a pretty big disappointment last year. Um, but even at that, when's the last time we've seen, you know, investments made in the offensive line through the draft? The last one that comes to mind for me was Cody Ford. Uh, obviously didn't work out and haven't seen a ton of like actual you know legitimate assets put into that position um yes we had spencer brown um but even that was a third round pick we haven't seen you know these first second round guys a ton and you know do you have to be a first second round pick to end up you know being a good player in the nfl no absolutely not but there's a reason (laughs) that these guys go in the first round every year and you know, that's where you're more apt to get more talented players. Who would have thought? Um, so overall, I'm 
feeling better about the offensive line this year. Um, but I think Spencer Brown is still a, a huge question mark. And I have, I have some confidence on Spencer Brown continuing to develop. I think he had really weird circumstances coming into the league. He had very limited snaps playing tackle um, coming into the NFL and kind of just went right into a starting role. Um, so I think he could still develop, but I mean, also if you're talking about taking, uh, say, a tackle in in the first two rounds, your worst case scenario here is, you know, for a year you have a really good swing tackle in either that drafted player or Spencer Brown. Um, Spencer Brown could become a trade candidate if that happens. Um, you could also look at, you know, Deion Dawkins, uh, pretty expensive player. We all love the snowman. I don't want to see him going anywhere. Um, but when you have that much money tied up in your quarterback quarterback position, sometimes you have to start looking at possible difficult decisions. Um, it's just an example I'm throwing out there. Like I said, I, I don't want Dawkins going anywhere. I love that dude. Um, but just investing in the position, if you end up with kind of this embarrassment of riches, uh, it, it gives you it gives you room to make other moves. Um, so I'm, I'm not at all opposed to going defense in the draft. I don't I don't want to come across as that's my message. I think there is still needs um, on the defensive side of the ball mentioned earlier. We don't have any defensive tackles, you know, under contract beyond this season. Um, obviously, the hole at middle linebacker. But, I mean, other than that, the defense is pretty ready to go right now. Um, could you could you invest some draft picks into, you know, some later round defensive ends that you hope pan out? Maybe you find, you know, a hidden gem? Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, but with this defense getting back healthy, um, between how many pro bowlers you have on that side of the ball, first round picks, second round picks, there's just talent all over the place. And at least towards the top of this draft, I really want to see kind of the same investments being made into your offense. Help out your quarterback that you're paying, you know, a quarter mil a quarter billion dollar contract. Make sure he's staying upright. Make sure he has guys that he can push the ball to. Um, so that's going to wrap it up on this week's episode. Just some of my thoughts on the draft. Uh, next week will be coming out right before the draft is happening. So a little bit more draft talk, and then we'll actually be talking about the players that we've been selecting, um, how we think they fit with the team, all that kinds of good stuff. Um, so make sure you tune in every Monday to the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Thank you again for joining me on this episode, and we'll see you next week. Go Bills.